What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Lost and Lifting Talk. Dang, man. It's about time we got it figured out. Man, this has been a process for us to get on here, huh? Yeah, I'll, I'll take all the blame. No, no, it's me too, man. I, uh, I'm not good at this technology thing. It doesn't seem like you're that savvy with it either. So both of us together. Hey, it's my fir- first podcast. So what can I say? I feel you, bro. I feel you. How are things, man? Things are good. Good, yeah. good. So for those of you listening, me and Jaden tried to do this on, what's today? Friday? We tried to do this on Wednesday. Yep. And uh, we sat looking back and back and forth at each other for like probably 10, 15 minutes trying to get both of the mics to work so that you guys could hear us talking because I couldn't hear anything that he was saying. And uh, we kept trying to go back and forth, back and forth and never got it to actually happen. So he was kind enough to come back today and have another conversation. But we ended up talking on the phone um, on Wednesday and got to kind of know each other and have good conversations. So we're both, I feel like we're more comfortable with each other now. We're going to have a way better podcast just because we got to have that first conversation anyway. So, and I got to learn a little bit about you and uh, you did with me. So, so yeah, long story short, I'm excited that you're (laughs) finally here, man, because it feels like it's been a process for sure, huh? Yeah. I'm happy to be here, man. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. So we're both from actually the exact same small town in Preston, which is kind of crazy because I don't really know any other anybody else really in the fitness industry or or personal training or online coaching or anything that actually came out of here. So it's pretty cool because we're only two years apart. I was two two years older than you in school. So coming from such a small town, it's cool to have that connection. You know what I mean? To to be able to talk and you're a super knowledgeable dude when it comes to training and and nutrition. Super big dude. You're jacked. So so yeah, <laughs> dude, I'm excited to be able to talk with you because we really haven't got to actually do this before besides Wednesday. So yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, again, I'm happy to be here. And we, uh, we talked about it on the phone call the other day that like we live in the same town and I'm always coming back to visit and we still haven't even had a chance to get together to hit a sweet workout. So I know we'll have to to make that happen really soon. Absolutely. Yeah. It's ridiculous. We really need to, to get that in. So, so yeah, man, what I learned, um, what I want to kind of just hop into first is when we are talking and I didn't realize this is that you actually just took the leap and you quit your full-time job. I don't know how long ago that was. And you yep. went full-time into um, fitness, into training and whatnot. So um, I feel like there's a lot of people out there that want to do that sort of thing. Fitness is your passion, as you discussed with me. They want to go after their passions and, and pursue that kind of thing. But in the back of their head, they're always giving themselves reasons as to why they can't. So I would love just to hear a little bit about um, what got you over the hump and actually pushing and, and taking the risk and going out and, and chasing it, man. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of a long drawn out story, so not to go into tons of details, but absolutely. I, I, uh, I've always known that I wanted to do something within the fitness industry. So it kind of just started back in high school and being involved in sports and, and, uh, getting my first dose of lifting weights because of football and, and being required to take a weights class. That's kind of where it all started, but for sure, um, just a little bit after, uh, being graduated and, and kind of sticking with it a little bit. That's where I really found the passion for it. And just, uh, in between little jobs here and there, I just knew that it wasn't fulfilling in any way. And it's not something I wanted to stick around with and, you know, pursuing it for 20 plus years, 40 plus years, whatever it ends up being. And so it just kind of came down to just saying, Hey, you know what? Like, 
let's just let's just make the decision now let's do it and I went and got certified and uh, passed the test on the first one, which was awesome. <laughs> and I, then, it took uh, me a couple of times the first time I got certified. It's, <laughs> oh man, it's, it's tough. And so the thing that's really frustrating about it is like, you'll go online, let's say you go through ACE or NASM or NCSF, whatever it mm-hmm. is, and they send you material. You can purchase packages that they send you manuals and all sorts of stuff that you can study from, which is awesome. But I think the thing that, is most difficult is they don't teach you how to be a salesman in the sense of like how to actually get your clients. And that's, what's really tough. So you could have all the passion in the world and you could say, yeah, I want to go train people. I, I feel like I know what I'm doing. I can really help other people out. And then you go get certified and you're like, Oh, well now what, you know? Mm -hmm. And so uh, for me, it actually started with, so I got, I, I passed the test and then that very weekend, it, it was probably like two days later, I sent out an email to literally every single gym in the area. Like within 20 minutes of where I lived, I sent an email to everybody. And uh, the first gym that reached out to me is actually a gym in Blackfoot. It's Rise Fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, and they reached out to me and they uh, told me to come through with an interview and I showed up and literally like just walking through the front doors. And after they gave me a tour of the place, like I, I knew it was a sweet setup and a, a great place to get started. So I'm super happy to be there. And, uh, I, w- I was doing a lot of training there just kind of part-time in between this other job. And I, I was working probably 14, 15 hour days for a good part of my summer. And I finally was just able to set myself up really nicely to be in that position to, to then pull a cord on this old job and, and go straight into being full-time with personal training. And so here we are. Good for you, man. So you had to go through a lot of, you had to work extra hard. You had to do your regular job, plus get into the, the training world, the fitness world, and, and to kind of start to build up a clientele, oh, yeah. which you had to do on top of your regular job. So you were super, super busy for a really long time, um, trying to handle both of it, sacrificing more so that it would pay off in the, in the long run. And, and it's oh, yeah. not all paid off, obviously. It's training is an ongoing process and it always is bringing people on and, and gaining oh, yeah. trust with people. But, but yeah, man, that's awesome. I can relate big time. Cause when I opened the gym here in Preston, um, I worked my other, I had a full-time job as well for the first, I just quit that this summer too. So I was doing that for like two running the gym plus, plus doing my full-time job for like two and a half years. And so it was like up and out of the house by six. I wasn't getting home every night till like seven or eight and uh, it's a struggle. So yeah, so, yeah it's, it's so cool. awesome. And, you know, you look back on it too and you say, yeah, like, yeah, that was really hard. But in those moments, you really start to really learn a lot about yourself too. I mean, it's a huge learning experience. So, I mean, there's tons of value there. Um, anyone that's wanting to start up a business, it doesn't have to be fitness related at all. I mean, mm-hmm. you just, when you want to go out and do things on your own, it does require a little bit of that, that grind, a, a little bit of willpower and just that dedication so like my, my typical day, honestly, like going back. So I, I got certified back in March, I believe. So like a typical day for me after that fact was waking up at four o'clock. I was training by five and then I was at my other full-time job at the time at seven and I'd be mm-hmm. done there around four, between four and five. And then I'd make the 20 minute drive up to Blackfoot and then I'd train clients till almost nine o'clock at night. then then making another 20 minute drive back. So it's like you get home, you smash a bunch of food, 
you go to bed and you do it all over again for like six days out of the week. And that, that was my schedule. Yeah. I know you're a dad and a, a husband too. You're married. You've got, how many kids do you have? Uh, two kids. Congratulations. So, Did you just have one just pretty recent or no? Um, yeah. So I've got a, a two and a half year old. His name is Alec. And then we've got a, a six months here. Uh, yeah. Six month year old kid. And she's, it's her name's Taya. So amazing yeah, boy and a girl. Yeah. Cool, man. Cool. I've got one, two year old. Everybody keeps asking when we're going to have another one. It's like, man, I, I don't know. We're, I keep we're seeing her on your stories too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I put a lot on our stories about her, <laughs> but, uh, shoot. So with that, you're married and, and you're a dad at the same time. Is this during all of that? Oh yeah. Yep. So I'd love to talk a little bit just about that because that's something that I struggle with too, is finding that balance of pushing for yourself. You know what I mean? And like your own goals and, and striving to get to where you want to be and then balancing and being present with your, with your family and, and being a dad and being a yeah. husband and things like that. Cause I being honest, I struggle with that. I struggle um, separating the two. Cause then when I get home and I'm, I'm producing content and thinking about stuff at the gym and whatnot, um, sometimes I find myself not being present at home or, or giving the time that I should. So I would just love to, to pick your brain a little bit. Like, have you found that balance? Is that something that you struggle with too? Or is your, like, how does that work for you? Uh, so it's definitely an ongoing struggle and we haven't found that perfect balance yet. Um, it's, it's tough because just like how you said, like when you get home, maybe you've been at the gym all day, you, you've done your own workout, you've trained with clients and, and now you've maybe recorded a couple of videos and then you get home and you feel like you finally have that time to sit down and relax and then start posting your content, right? Yeah. But, or just chilling for a minute. Like, yeah, exactly. Impressing. Yeah. Yeah. And so like at, at the time that you're walking through that front door, like for me, I, I try to make that the family time. Mm -hmm. And then what gets really tough is if you feel like you need to catch up on social media with following up with people that are sending you all the DMS, like you oftentimes that's happening at home. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I'm still figuring out that schedule, but being able to prioritize that family time is huge for me, especially just coming off of that, that harder schedule of literally not seeing them for about five days, five, six days out of the week. So I, there's there's a bunch of tricks that I've been trying. One of them is honestly just leaving my phone in the in the room, trying to leave my phone in like a backpack or a gym bag, and just taking that time to spend with family because they I mean they deserve it. But you also have to draw that fine line of saying, so you're in your 20s. This is the time where you should be grinding. You should mm -hmm. be building your empire. You you should have your wife you know, full support. She's the one helping you. Like my wife is so awesome because she's the one meal prepping for me. She's making sure everything's, you know, washed. I saw that on your stories today that she had like all your meals ready. Oh for yeah. You like, whatnot, she is, which is sweet, man. That's she awesome. Is so awesome. So like I, I had to coach her a little bit on like how to properly weigh stuff and uh, how to, cool. how to measure it all out. But I mean, she got it down just like that. And like, she's my savior right now. Yeah. <laughs> she really is. You're like a so. team. So she's, she's there supporting and helping you do the things oh, yeah. that you need to do in order to be successful too. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a team effort. Absolutely. Like you gotta, you gotta have your family just backing you 100%. Otherwise it's 10 times harder. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's cool, man. That's cool to, to hear a little bit. Cause we're, we're very similar in that sense. We're both uh, mid twenties with, with wives and kids and, and you seem like a super ambitious dude. And, and I like to think that I'm that way too. And so communicating that with somebody that's kind of in the same situation is, 
is good to hear. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So, and it's yeah. refreshing knowing that there's other people out there doing that same hustle, that same grind. Um, the previous job, I'll, I'll mention it just one more time, but I mean, it, it was a situation where you're working with a lot of people that don't have that drive. They don't have that ambition. And it certainly is a dead end job where you'll, you'll find a lot of people that just settle for it. And it's tough because you go into work every single day and just hearing all the complaints and all the, mm. the complaining. And at some point, I mean, honestly, that was probably one of the main contributing factors to getting me moving as fast as I did trying to get certified. Cause at that point I'm just like, man, the, the entire environment for seven, eight hours of my day is so toxic. Just always back talking, just talking down on themselves to others. And at some point you just gotta be like, you know what? Like I gotta go do my own thing. I, I, it, it just has to happen. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely motivating for that fact too. Yeah. That's the hardest that's the hardest part, man, is when you're around, a, a, and I don't mean this negatively in any way, but when you're around a bunch of people that don't maybe have the same ambition or outlook on life as you, and they're always looking towards the negative side of things instead of looking at the possibilities that they, that they could have, it almost, it's harder to stay in that positive and ambitious mindset, you know? Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, switching gears just a little bit. I'd love to talk with you just a little bit about, I know you've done um, bodybuilding shows, you've done powerlifting strokes or meets and you're, yep. you've gotten super strong here in the last year. So I'd love just to, to talk to you a little bit about that. I know you work out in the morning. You're a, you're a personal trainer at a, a nice gym, obviously, but you work out a lot of the times in the morning um, in a garage when it's like five <laughs> o'clock in the morning in Idaho, when it's probably like minus 10 degrees outside oh, yeah. so, it gets cold <laughs> yeah i've seen i can only imagine it i saw you posted up uh that you guys were in there training at like five or six and i'm like you guys are crazy dude that's freaking like so, the the plates and the weights and everything uh, gotta be ice cold too so that oh, yeah. takes some serious dedication we we like to think that we're tough and then in reality like so the guy that i'm working out with uh he'll just bring his bars like right inside the door inside all night just so that they're like that's temperature. a good idea that's a good so, idea yeah, it, it gets that cold. But um, yeah, as far as just the training goes, like it, it's kind of ironic, right? That I, I work at this gym. I have basically a free gym right now mm-hmm. and I don't really utilize it a whole lot because I'm I'm working out super early with, with this other group of guys. Um, meeting them was kind of a long story, but um, I was working out at a rec center in the Pocatello area and that's actually where I started rubbing shoulders with one of them. And uh, he just came to me one day he's like man you're strong like you should definitely try doing a a powerlifting meet and up until that point I was like I had never considered doing one in my life I was like I've always just been focused on kind of the bodybuilding style with all the hypertrophy training and all that stuff and so it was definitely a major shift in the way that I was training Uh, that encounter happened probably around November of last year maybe like close to December and so then I kind of made that commitment. I said, you know, it might be kind of cool to go and just do a, a total year, one full year of just focusing on the strength gains and not really worrying too much about putting on muscle size or trying to look good with the aesthetics. And so I made that huge transfer, that huge shift, literally day one, like it was January 1st of this year. And I was like, let's go for it. So I made it a goal to do a meet in March and we went through with that everything was awesome. Uh, I didn't really go into it having 
I guess a whole lot of goal setting involved. Like I just wanted to prep for it, getting as strong as possible. And I mean, uh, it was kind of like your set, like the, the meat to start out with so you could start improving on that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's, that's yeah. literally the way I looked at it is I was like, you know what, like whatever happens, it, it, that's what happens. And let's just go into it more, more so just having fun versus like actually trying to set a goal. And then when I got closer to it, I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot that there's like weight classes and stuff. So mm-hmm. then I was like, I was like, do I not cut any weight at all? And then just go into it feeling 100% and super strong. And then the competitiveness inside of me was like, For no, because sure. if I don't cut, then I'm in a weight class of dudes that are normally like almost 20 pounds heavier than I am that are but now they- cutting down. Mm-hmm. So I was like, screw this. So I was like, I'm going to do a huge water cut. I cut like 15 pounds of water weight in like two days. I made the, uh, it was the 165, uh, I think it's 75 kg weight class and past that with flying colors, I kind of had a little bit of experience from high school doing like wrestling and stuff. So I kind of had a little bit of a base on that. Um, and then I just walked in there just feeling all confident in the world and, uh, hit some sweet PRs there. And then it's just kind of been a little bit of an addiction since then. And so we committed to doing another one. Uh, my second meet ever, it was right at the end of March and my squat from, from first meet to second meet just flew up. That one was awesome. And, uh, who was, who was doing your, your programming? Were you doing your own programming? <laughs> Did you follow like something that you had found or, or were you guys so, just winging it? How was that? Yeah. So prepping for the first meet, uh, it was, it was a little bit of winging it here and there. We, sure. we mostly, uh, we structured it based off like a five, three, one program. Mm-hmm. So you'd, you'd start a couple weeks into it hitting sets of five and then you'd hit sets of three going into a few more weeks and then you'd go into singles. And then we kind of repeated that cycle maybe two or three times up until the meet. And so uh, like literally leading up to the meet, I was hitting PRs like every probably two weeks or so on all my lifts, not just one. So, I mean, it was yeah. that major is a major shift of going from like training in sets of 12, 10, eight reps to now all of a sudden shifting it way down and, and the volume went way down. The intensity went way up. And I mean, that was all the recipe I need to just really pack on some strength there. So it was fun and I'm, I'm still doing it. We're, we're still on a strength cycle. Um, we're going to start hitting some PRs just on our own. We're, we're not planned at doing any meets this year um, but we will kind of do like our own little mock meet in the garage and cool. uh, we'll we'll, leave, we'll basically exit this year trying to hit just some last prs on the year so that's cool man i've um we talked a little bit about this but i've tr- transferred over in like the last two months into just straight strength focus too and i've trained hypertrophy for the past heck seven eight years if not longer like it's always been focused on that and i've i've switched over too and just to switch out your training for something different to have a new type of goals um takes your motivation through the roof too because it's a new it's a new struggle and it's a new mindset to have to get into and and whatnot you know what i mean it's just a new process it's still training but it's just a different type of process and i think there's a ton of a ton of good things that come out of powerlifting, even for just like the general person, like the type of clients that, that we work with. So I would love to um, just like pick your brain a little bit on that. So like with your own clients, since you've um, become more of like into the powerlifting scene and, and started structuring your programming that way, are there things there that, 
that you've taken and started to use with clients or anything like that that you find super beneficial compared to just like bodybuilding work or, or functional work or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, actually, because of that situation and just kind of being immersed more into the strength side of training, I, I found that there's a really big benefit with being able to go into a workout, even if your goal is like major fat loss or you're just wanting to do a total transformation, there's a huge benefit to being able to still track your compound lifts. So we're talking mm -hmm. your squat, your bench, your deadlift, your overhead press. Um, I'd even throw in like a bent over row in that mm -hmm. category too. And if, if you can track those numbers and you track that progress, you can structure a training program really built for, for anybody where if you know what your one rep max is, or at least a, a good estimate of what your one rep max is, it makes it so much easier to now structure an entire program based on percentages of that. So then you're not wasting all your time going into the gym and feeling the weight for your first two or three sets and kind of, you know, feeling mm -hmm. it out. You're wasting tons of time there. And so I found a huge benefit with just helping clients get really comfortable under the squat bar, helping them perfect their deadlift form. Like we do tons and tons of deadlifts. I don't care who you are. You should be deadlifting. So, Absolutely. um, yeah, so we spend a lot of time perfecting that form, but then when they're comfortable enough after they've been training for a few months, uh, maybe even a couple of weeks, if they're really showing that they, they know their stuff and they're learning well, then we can start working up to a, a pretty good one rep max. And maybe if they're not quite there, I'd either have them attempt a three rep max or a five rep max, and then just kind of do a, a calculation to kind of figure out where their one rep would be. But then we can go into a whole new cycle of training where now we're basing it off all those percentages for all their, uh, I guess their volume work. And that mm -hmm. makes a huge difference. You can go on a lat pull down cable or uh, you can go hit bicep curls at a percentage of some other core lift where then you can go into the gym and you're looking at your spreadsheet or your program or whatever it is. And you say, okay, I need to do three sets of 10 on bicep curls, but it's telling me I have to be curling 55 pounds of resistance. And when you know all those numbers, like the, the whole program just moves so smoothly. It's awesome. So yeah. And, benefit. and the results are so much better too. I, I'm huge on this dude, just tracking what you're doing in the gym so that you have a baseline for your next workout. Because if you're not progressing in your workouts, you're not going to make progress, right? Cool, if you're, yeah. if you don't have an understanding of how much volume you're doing and, and where your strength that is at now, and you're not pushing to get better at that, chances are you're going to look the same from work from from year to year if you're not actively squatting more next year than you are now for the most part you probably haven't made a ton of progress even in terms of looks um, regardless of strength anyway right so if you don't have if you're not tracking your workouts you don't have that understanding of what you need to be doing from workout to workout to be able to make um, the correct type of progress to actually make those changes to your bodies the the principle of progressive overload right with yeah, exactly. with anything so kind of touching on that too so um one cool feature about the gym that I currently work at is it's a weight room attached to a CrossFit room. So oh, cool. it, uh, I'd like to add that at our gym too. It'd be I'd so like awesome. to have a CrossFit room. Yeah. So it's, it's cool. The, the business model is that you can either pay for one membership or the other, or you can kind of prorate it and have access to both sides basically. I like that. And so I've really been hitting up a lot of these CrossFit athletes because they are phenomenal at what they do. But they're usually with a CrossFit type program, they're never in 
introducing those uh, strength cycles into their program. And I mean, you'll see a little bit of compound lifting in there, but generally if you're hitting daily wads where you're expected to do high volume, like just ridiculous amounts of volume, chances are you're not going to add a whole lot of overall strength to those lifts. And so I've even been hitting them up, just letting them know like, Hey, once you're done with your open or, you know, whatever you're progressing towards, I'd really advise you to just take maybe six weeks or even a, a 12 week program and just focus on the strength base of that, that uh, core lift that you guys do. Because I mean, at the end of the day, as long as you're in shape and you can, your cardiovascular endurance is there, the dude that can squat 500 versus the dude that can only squat 225. I mean, he, that guy squatting 500 is going to smoke you every Absolutely. single time. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just a matter of, I mean, if you can increase your overall strength, then you can even go into something like a CrossFit type workout and just absolutely dominate. And so strength in itself has a place in all sports. It doesn't matter what it is. You could be a bodybuilder, you could be a CrossFitter, powerlifter, uh, just overall athlete. Like maybe you're training to try to get on the varsity team on your school. Like guarantee you, if you're squatting regularly and you're deadlifting heavy regularly, you're going to be one of the fastest kids on your team, hands mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. So that, that's just kind of where the priority is right there. That's one thing too. Like looking back at high school, we were both um, athletes. We both played a lot of sports and whatnot. I wish that, I mean, and you get older and you get wiser, obviously, but I wish I would have understood the importance of strength and the importance of a solid training schedule setup and, and consistency in that because of the correlation it was going to take into my actual performance in football, baseball, exactly. basketball, all those types of things. And I just took it for, I mean, you go to the weight room, you kind of just mess around if the coach would get mad then you'd actually start lifting but other that's than that exactly it, was, it was it was never very serious every every day was bench day right i mean absolutely that's, that's what it was man you, you had to have a, a good bench no one cared about your squat your deadlift they didn't care how much you could clean but if you could bench i mean yeah. you're in right because those other those other lifts suck like they hurt <laughs> at first anyway if you're not into it like nobody wants to put a bunch of weight on their back and and squat yeah. to parallel and, and make it work because it's uncomfortable you know what i mean yeah, especially, I mean, when you're expected to just roll in there day one, like you're a freshman, right? You're what, 14, maybe 15 years old, and you roll in day one for summer training, and like you've never squatted with any weight on your back in your life. Mm-hmm. Like you don't, when, it's when you don't get that proper instruction and you just show up and you're just kind of expected to know how to do it. That's why it's not being done. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you a funny story. I've literally, so the, the first time that I had ever stepped foot in a weight room was the very first day of summer going into our, uh, it, it was the football uh, weight training sessions we would do early in the morning. In the summers. So, in the summers, yep. yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just out of junior high going into freshman year of, of high school. I walk through the front door and everybody in my class is all huddled around a bench and they all call me over. They've already got weight loaded. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's two plates. So it's 135. And they call me over. They're like, oh man, I bet Jaden could get this. Let's get him over here. And not like zero warm up. Like literally, I had been in the room for like not even 10 seconds. And so they're calling me over. They're like, come and try this. I'm like, okay, get on the bench not knowing a single thing that I'm doing. I unrack it. It's feeling decent. I bring it down, touches my chest and I push and it moves maybe an inch. 
and I'm just stuck, man. Like wouldn't move. So literally like I could tell you my very first experience. That was your first experience? First experience, hands down. I, I thought I could handle 135 and I just, I was smoked. <laughs> I couldn't get 135 when I first went into and I, not to harp on this too much, but I remember like first going in, you're not even explained why going into the, at least like in football, I remember my first time going in in the summer and all those older kids in there. And I was a freshman. You weren't explained why you were in there. You were just yeah, expected exactly. to go in there and to exercise. You don't, you weren't told or explained why this is going to benefit you. So, you know what I mean? So why would you take it seriously in the first place? It makes it feel more like a chore. Like, Oh, this is just part of football, especially during two days and all that kind of stuff when it already sucks. You know what exactly. I mean? And then they're yep. throwing that on top, but they're not ex- you're not explained why you're do- yep. why you should be doing these things. Don't tell me that I have to do it just to do it. Explain to me why I should be doing this and how this is going to benefit me. Just as in with just like the general population too, when we're sitting, when we're talking about strength and powerlifting and stuff, how much strength can correlate just to your everyday life as you get older. People don't really understand that how much better of a quality of life you can have if you just incorporate some sort of strength training into your into your week it doesn't have to be five six seven days a week you don't have to feel or act like a bodybuilder or eat like a bodybuilder but at least training two three times per week strength training 45 minute sessions how impactful that can be on your life to living with more longevity and just more health and feeling better overall i think it's so overlooked Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, at the end of the day, not everybody is going to want to try to hold a world record with how much weight they can lift, right? Like, Or be a bodybuilder. Or be a bodybuilder. But at the end of the day, it's being able to say, okay, by by developing these habits now, how much more quality of life will I have when I am at that retirement age? And so sure, it's, it's fun chasing the heavy weight and it's fun being able to go compete on stage at this age of my life. And I absolutely love it, Mm -hmm. but that's not the end all be all goal. I mean, at the end of the day, I want to be able to have grandkids and confidently say like, let's go hike a freaking mountain. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Be able to do stuff Mm -hmm. like that, like that at the end of the day, that is what it should be all about. And you can go chase big numbers and you can go do all these other things in between. That's, that's just what makes part of training fun. But we're talking like you in, introduce strength training at a younger age and how much more dense are your mineral deposits in your bones. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. how, how much of that strength can carry over into not having to have knee surgeries or shoulder surgeries or blowing out a, a disc in your back. Like these are the things that add to that quality of life that I think a lot of people just overlook. And then to capitalize on that, I get a lot of people coming to me wanting to train with me, but they're at that point where they have had to go through the surgeries. I was going to say that bring that up through the rehab. And at that point, I I don't say it's too late because it's not, I mean, we can definitely strengthen things up and get them healthy again, but it's just a shame that in our society these days, like it doesn't happen till the fact happens. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I see that. I see that one all the time, especially um, owning a gym. So I'm in there when like, when new people are coming in, looking at memberships and stuff, a lot of it is people that are trying to rehab or coming back from something that, that they, there's just this misconception. I feel like in the weight room and whatnot that with strength training and, and powerlifting and everything that like to do it, like you're going to become this bulky bodybuilder. You have to be the strong powerlifter, but just having it a part of your everyday life as 
instead of hopping on a treadmill or instead of um, things like that. Cardio is great and all, but if your base is strength, you're, it's just going to give you some, so much of a more quality of life and so much better in prevention of injuries and, and all those types of things that you were talking Agreed. about. So I absolutely agree. Oh, very good. Yeah. Glad we're on the same page there. It's, it's so overlooked that it, it kind of bugs me a little bit because there is that stigma where if you are in a commercial gym and you see the guy that is just jacked and shredded and he's got the cutoff on, and maybe, I mean, even he might be finishing up with a set and he'll go and hit a pose in the mirror and he's checking, mm-hmm. he's checking himself out. You know what I mean? But I mean, at the end of the day, that guy's goal is probably my guess based on how he looks, he's probably getting ready to step on stage. And when people just don't know, um, the reality is, is that he's probably hitting poses for very extended periods of time to create that muscle density and to get hard and lean and when you're someone that has zero ties to bodybuilding and you don't even know the first thing about it and you're coming into a gym and you see that guy and you're like oh narcissism uh you mm-hmm. know full full of full of himself that way too and like it's just a totally different world but i mean when you're training for your own goals and what you want to do i i say like screw what everybody else thinks where are you like if you're just in there to get a little bit healthy, lose a little bit of body fat, great. But that doesn't mean that you have to knock on the dude that's lifting heavy weight, maybe making a little bit of noise in your gym. I mean, maybe you don't know that he might be hitting a powerlifting meet in a week or two. And I mean, he's got to get ready for that. So everybody's in there for different reasons. Yeah. And vice I, versa. Right. I mean, that yeah. person looking at the bodybuilder judging them and then are the powerlifter and then the powerlifter bodybuilder, more serious person judging the other one, like yeah, both ways, you know? Yeah. Both ways. I try to push that at our place too. Like just to be very versatile. We have people of all sorts of with different goals, like trying to accomplish different things. Some are more serious than others, but everybody coming together and not being like the serious hardcore gym, but, but yeah. just a gym that accommodates everybody and with a, with a good vibe, everybody supporting one another, regardless of what your goal is. We're not there to, to judge or anything like that, but there to exactly. support one each other and, and create some sort of a, a community between everybody. For, for sure. For sure yeah. man. So that's what I've tried to kind of translate over to with my clients too, saying like, Hey, your goals are totally different than probably everybody else that's here. And so, I mean, when you're coming in here to train, you just put your head down, you go to work, you, you work your butt off. Like it, it's just all about you. And so mm-hmm. I, I think that helps quite a bit. For sure. for sure, man. With um, the clients that you do work with and n- not putting you on the spot or anything, but what do you find like is the biggest struggle with the clients that you work with? Like maybe misconception wise that they have when they're walking in or like things that they have the hardest times adhering to and whatnot. I'd love just to like to kind of understand where, like what struggles you feel like people are having and, and your way of, of helping combat that sort of thing. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, the biggest thing I think that I'm seeing across the board with everybody I talk to, it has to be everything going outside the gym. Like I just about every single client I've got, like they are so awesome to be there on time. They're all warmed up. They're ready to go. So that on that hour, when that hour is there, like they're just ready to roll. Mm -hmm. So they're super motivated being in the gym. Like once you're there, like that, that's half the battle. Right. And so once you're there, they're ready to work hard, but it's those follow-up meetings maybe a week later when I say, okay, how'd your week go? What's, what's your nutrition like? How much water are you drinking? How much sleep are you getting? That's honestly where I think a lot of people 
really struggle with it. And it makes sense as to why that would be because anyone can dedicate an hour of their time to go and do some type of physical activity. Mm -hmm. But when you're wanting to get down to 15%, 10% body fat and look good and feel good, that requires 24 hours of effort. It really does. Uh, yeah, so, for sure. So, so that's what's really hard for a lot of my clients is we, we really try to help, I guess, clear the dust on your, all your different fads of diets and what, what they've heard and what they think would help them the most. And um, I'm very much like you. Like I, I stick mostly with counting the calories and then being able to find those right ratios on their macros. So. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not at the point yet where I would say, I think keto would be best for you, or I think going straight carnivore diet would be best for you or this or that. Like I, I'm kind of at that point right now where I know what works really well for me. And mm -hmm. then I've also uh, had other people try it out as well to where basically if you're hitting enough protein, you kind of limit your carbs a little bit, and then you're making sure you're getting just enough fat to just keep you mentally there and keeping your hormones in check. That's really all you need. So if you make the decision to say, I want to go vegan because of X, Y, Z, or I, I want to try keto because I, I, I want to see what I can do if I can actually get my body in ketosis and actually start burning those ketones as fuel, I, I want to, you know, experiment with that. Then I'm like free reign, dude, like go, go ahead, ahead. Give, give it a try. But at the end of the day, like if you're making sure that your calories are in check, I, I think you're good there. Mm -hmm. um, making sure that you're, you're not. 80% junk food, right? Like you can't just hit your macros and not expect to get a whole lot if you're not still eating whole foods and, you know, things that are nutritionally dense and getting mm -hmm. those vitamins and minerals. That's really what it comes down to. So I, th I think people um, complicate that so much. I think oh, they try to complicate the nutrition side of things so much that because there's so much information out there being thrown around like that new documentary that just came out game changers i'm yeah, sure you've heard about that i haven't watched it yet but. i watched some of it i fell asleep during it because i kept getting asked <laughs> about it. it's like all right, i'm gonna watch this damn thing and uh, i fell asleep during it but just like yeah with the new there's so much different information that's all conflicting when at the bottom of all of it and i post about this all the time your calories need to be in check and if you're getting in enough protein if your goal is fat loss to hold on to your lean tissue and to be able to to lose fat as you're in that caloric deficit and then focusing on more whole foods and and getting your nutrients and getting your fiber in um the rest of it is a bit irrelevant if you can stick to those main principles you're going to be just fine regardless if you're a keto if you're a carnivore if you're a vegan whatever it is if those things suit you better sure go out and do those things but just understand those things aren't the reason that you're losing weight understand the core principles to why you're doing it and then go find a strategy that helps you adhere to that best agreed i mean someone could go on a let's just put it out there that maybe they're going to want to do a keto diet but if you're eating in a caloric surplus of fats and protein and you're like you're not limiting those calories you're not going to lose the weight i mean it doesn't matter how dramatic the ratios are on your macros if those calories aren't down it doesn't even matter so exactly that's that's kind of where you're at there but i find it so interesting that a lot of people aren't too quick to judge based on a certain training style but you find all over social media that as soon as someone 
announces that they're going to go vegan or they're going to do this diet or that diet, everybody just loses it, man. Like, <laughs> so I, I follow all the professionals uh, mm. of, of bodybuilding, powerlifting, you name it. And uh, just recently, Kai Green, uh, one of the, the top, I saw that. top athletes, uh, he competed in several Olympias and he announced that he was going to do some uh some vegan stuff and everybody's like what like how, how could you <laughs> they, it's like it's like they get offended because someone else chose to make a lifestyle change and it's like why does it matter man like focus on you and you're good <laughs> yeah i couldn't agree more man that's a, it's a weird thing like you get these diet cults and like nutritional cults that like you're one way like it was i i i f y m if it fits your macros for a while yep. like that was huge that's right when i was getting into the industry when when all that came out and everything and then it was keto and now it feels like it's starting to sort of it feels like it's transitioning into like into veganism i don't know if that's the right word but vegans vegetarians and whatnot and like everybody has such an opinion of each other when when really we're we're all following those same if we're getting results we're all following those same key principles everybody's just using a different strategy to get there and with with um, vegans, it's a little bit different because some of them do it off of values for, for animals sure, and stuff like that, which is totally, I completely understand that too. But if you're where I have a problem with it is when somebody goes vegan because they're convinced that that's what's going to get them into better shape and they don't understand the core principles to it in the first place. If it's not because of um, your, your core values with animals and, and whatnot, and you're just doing it because you think that's how you need to get in shape, then that's when I'm like, okay, sit like, take a step back, understand what it really takes before you just go out and just throw a dart at a dartboard with, with blindfolds on and don't understand what, what's actually going on in the background that's going to help you get the result that you're looking for. Yeah, exactly. You mentioned uh, if it fits your macros and I, I kind of have to laugh at that because it, it, it's sort of true. Like that's pretty much what we're all doing. Just maybe a little bit more knowledgeable about it now because in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause when I was researching and when I was first getting into it, probably around the same time you were, I just remember coming across so many articles and so many blogs of people saying like, I can eat cookies whenever I want and I can eat the Twinkies and I can do this and that. And like, yeah, sure. There's, there's like, there's some truth to that, but what all these fitness enthusiasts that have, you know, millions of followers aren't telling you is that they're only eating those things maybe 10% of the time and on camera they're, they're, and, and, and on camera. So like they're, they're totally hiding, not hiding, but they're just not showing that whole other 90% that people are overlooking where it's, it's super lean meats. It's the veggies. It's the, the quality carbs. You know what I mean? Like that's what's making up the bulk of their nutrition. But then when they have to prove their point of saying, Hey, you could eat a cookie and be in a calorie deficit and still lose weight. And then everybody's like, Oh, this is amazing. Like, you know, and you could be, you could get down to 5% body fat. You could be hopping on stage and actually not really being that healthy because mm -hmm. of how malnourished you are. You're not getting those vitamins mm -hmm. and those minerals and it, it, it's kind of an issue there. So yeah, it's, it's just a matter of being able to educate yourself and saying, I got to make sure I'm, being healthy while also going into this calorie deficit to, to make sure I'm improving my body composition. Your, your workouts will improve dramatically. I mean, you can still build a lot of strength. If you have a pretty good amount of fat to lose, let's say uh, for a male, let's say you're above 20%. And then for a female, if you're above maybe 30%, you can still be in a caloric deficit 
and drop body fat percentage and still be making some awesome strength gains if you're programming. And putting on right. some muscle probably too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of research coming out on that now too with with recomposition, especially in beginners, because it's been such a stigma for such a long time that you have to choose fat loss or muscle gain. You want to gain muscle, go into a caloric surplus. You want to gain, uh, lose fat, you have to go into a calorie deficit. But there's a lot coming out now. I don't know if you're, if you pay attention much to the like the recent research and everything that comes out, but there's a lot coming out now showing that. Um, there's a lot of room for recomposition, especially in beginners to where you can put yourself in a slight caloric surplus. And, and if you start optimizing your training, pushing for progressive overload and tracking your lifts and, and whatnot and pushing for progression that for that first little while, your body hasn't adapted to training or anything yet. So as long as you're feeding your body correctly, getting in enough protein and, and training in a progressive way, as you're losing weight, you can actually put on a little bit of muscle and recomp at the same time. So, Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Absolutely. Um, there is a little bit of that that kind of goes into your training as well, because um, you could probably point out a couple people that if you're just following them on social media and you're kind of watching their prep journey into a show, for example, you'll notice that they're super bulked up and they look awesome when they're like 12 weeks out or maybe even like 16 weeks out. But then when they're getting up close to their show, like you can definitely tell that they're losing a little bit of that muscle mass. For sure. And for the, sure. Main, the main reason behind that, I, I guess there's probably two reasons is one, they, they just weren't really keeping up a whole lot on their protein, but your training style plays a huge role in that. And intensity. If, exactly. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. if, if you mess up your, your uh, volume and, and the way you're training, a lot of people think that when they're getting closer to that show, they need to start lifting lighter and higher volume. That's mm -hmm. what's going to kill your gains, man. So mm -hmm. when you're, when you're leading up to a show, you need to make sure you're hitting it hard and you're hitting it heavy. And that doesn't mean you're hitting one rep maxes or three rep maxes, but if your program calls for eight reps, like that needs to be a heavy set of eight reps. Mm -hmm. And that's what a lot of people kind of neglect there too. So, I mean, you can definitely build that mass and hold on to it in a very uh, deep, caloric deficit if you're training and getting enough protein the right way mm -hmm. and for where i went off on i'm talking more like the beginning stages where it's a lot more noticeable you know what i mean not necessarily in somebody that if you're doing a show hopefully you're a lot more advanced do you know what for i mean sure, but for yeah. people that are that are newer into it they have that wiggle room for the first quite a while or if you're not just very um optimized in your training nutrition you've been doing it for a long time but you're not doing it very optimally we can still see that same sort of stuff with with recomposition yeah. but i've i've prepped a couple people into shows and the hardest thing and i completely understand because of how and i haven't actually done a show myself but you have um trying to push those guys to keep their weights up at when they're digging in those last few weeks and, and calories are really low and they don't have Especially much energy carbs, yeah. yeah, to try to push those guys and be like, Hey, you need to be like pushing yourself as hard as you can in the gym, not just getting through it to get through it, but training. Like you did have the energy that you once did to hold on to the mass um, that you have or else you're going to absolutely lose some of that um, going in. And I experienced that with, with both of my clients, they probably lost a little bit going in just because it was so hard to keep training intensity um, and strength up getting into the show for sure. Yeah, it is tough. But on that note too, you, you just kind of mentioned more of your beginner uh, athletes that are just kind of getting into the rhythm of it. I would argue that that point right there is probably one of the most crucial times to have a coach or to have a trainer. 
because mm-hmm. I'm looking back on my training experiences and I, I just wish I knew where I was at right now. If I had a trainer bringing me up in my first two, three years of training, I, I couldn't imagine how much farther ahead, how many more steps ahead I'd be right now. And so looking at that, when someone comes into the gym and they say, Hey, I want a trainer. And they then tell me that they have never trained a day in their life. I'm like, perfect because we can set you up in the most perfect way to make the most amount of gains possible it's awesome i that's funny you bring that up because i think about that all the time i spent probably from like 18 to 21 just like having no idea what i was doing i was trying and i was trying to eat healthy i didn't i had no idea what i was doing and my training i was going in just hitting everything like not really having an understanding of what i was doing and if i can only imagine how much further i could have been along today than I, I would have been if I had taken in the knowledge and just hired somebody to help me from the get. But, but yeah, absolutely. I can't agree with that anymore. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool, man. So I really do appreciate you uh, coming on, man. I've got one, it's been a good conversation. I feel like we've dug into a, yeah, lot, of, been awesome. a lot of stuff. Yeah, for sure. That's, it's been super awesome, man. So what's your plans in like the next few years? What do you see yourself um, doing and whatnot like where are you trying to transition are you happy with what you're doing are you trying to push to to do more stuff what what do you have planned so uh long-term goals really haven't been set in stone yet i i know i want to take my training with other individuals uh more into like a strength based program so uh i still get super excited when people want to do the transformations and the body fat loss and you know those typical types of, of training. Sure. But I really want to try to make it a little more niche related to where I'm focusing on the strength athletes and those who want to get a little bit faster, a little bit, be able to jump a little bit higher. Like though, that's kind of where I want to take the training and I haven't figured out how I want to structure that and how I want to be able to market myself to do that quite yet. Um, but just on a personal standpoint, uh, I've got some goals for this next year already set in place because that, that's how you're going to progress right like you got to know what you're going to do in a month from now you got to know what you're going to do in six months from now so as soon as we're into the new year I committed to doing a powerlifting meet in March um, chances are it'll be up in Idaho Falls and then I, almost a month later I'm going to be doing the uh, Salt Lake City showdown that they do at the Mm-hmm. FitCon down in Salt Lake. Yeah, you so, told me about this. I, the, it's crazy, man. So depending on that timing, because I don't even think they've set a date yet, um, but I'm gonna guess that I'm gonna have between four and six weeks between the powerlifting meet and then going up into that show. So I'm super stoked and super excited because I don't think a lot of people get that opportunity to to go from one extreme to the other. I know some do, but I don't know very many. I I mean, it's not very, it's not very common, but I mean, obviously your guys that are going for world record lifts are not going to be lean enough to get ready for a show, even in, in 12 weeks. Like that's just not going to happen. I'm kind of on a, on a different platform there where I, I love the strength aspect of it and trying to get super strong as strong as I physically can. But at the same time, there is still that priority to making sure that you look good and you're staying lean and healthy. Like, sure, you could be super strong, but when you're approaching 40% body fat, at you're tipping the scale at 300 pounds. Like, yeah, there's not a whole lot of health 
factor going in there so yeah, you could be yeah. strong but yeah <laughs> at the end of the day like i i, I want to be able to breathe at night you know what i mean for sure so uh, with the previous meets that i've done this last year i didn't do a whole lot of fat cutting as part of that process and so it just ended up being straight water cut to hit those weight classes mm-hmm. so the game plan going into this next year is i will still be focused on strength i'm going to be training twice a day for the most part so I'll, I'll still keep up my morning schedule and lifting heavy weights in the morning but then i'm going to be hitting more of that hypertrophy style training and trying to put on some size on top of that in the afternoons and then uh, we're just going to really control calories really well and and go into the meat as lean as possible so i don't really have to cut a whole lot of water and then that's going to set me up really nicely to go into a four week just straight focused on just leaning out and getting as grainy and, and shredded as possible so that's the game plan we're gonna we're gonna see what happens it's gonna be fun that's awesome man i'm uh, excited to i'll be paying attention to that whole thing and and uh seeing how it goes for you i definitely want to bring you on maybe like in the middle of the process and then maybe at the end of the process just so like we can talk about it and see i'd be honored man That'd see, be awesome. yeah see what happens and and see what you liked about it and see what you didn't and i would love to get in a training session dude so if you're ever down this way do you still have family in preston i do yep cool so yeah if you're ever down here please um hit me up and let's get in a session i'd love to pick your brain a little bit on the the strength side of stuff too and, and get to train with you that'd be awesome yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. We'll make it happen. Cool, man. Cool. Well, again, I really do appreciate you coming on, Jaden. It's been a lot of fun to be able to chat with you. And I apologize for um for Wednesday when we sat <laughs> hey, and looked at each other for a while with no sound. <laughs> no worries. I, my schedule's totally free. So next time you ask me to hop on, I'll I'll make myself available again. All right. Cool, dude. We'll do one. Maybe we'll throw like a Q&A or something here in like a, a month or so and, and answer some questions and stuff from our followers and stuff. That'd be cool, too. Yeah, let's make it happen. Sounds like a plan. All right, man. I really appreciate your time. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll keep in contact, all right? All right. Sounds good. Like a complete jerk, I forgot to ask Jaden at the end of our episode together where people could find out more about him and uh, follow along with his journey and his training career so that you guys could benefit from following him and, and watching what he does through social media as well. So... Jaden, if you're listening to this, which I'm sure you are, I apologize for not doing that and asking you the most important question of them all. So I'm going to plug in here and do it for you. His Instagram is jchase underscore fitness. So J-C-H-A-S-E underscore fitness. That's where you'll be able to find him on Instagram. So go give him a follow. He's a super knowledgeable dude. I appreciate him taking the time out of his week twice this week to come on the Lost and Lifting Talk episode and, and give all of us a little bit of value and tell us about his story. So thank you all for listening. I really hope you enjoyed the episode and I'll talk with you soon.